What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Ride in the Pine. Jack Ride and I are back with you all today, and as always, we've got a fantastic episode in store for everyone at home. But before I get into all of that, let's take a little dive into the last episode. I was joined by an awesome, awesome guest from the minor league broadcasting world, current director of broadcasting, as well as media relations for the Hartford Yard Goats, Jeff Dooley. Jeff and I got into his career behind the mic and what made him want to get into broadcasting as a career, how it's been this past year with the Yard Goats and how the season is going for the team, and so much more. So if you want to hear a little bit about Jeff's career behind the mic as well as about the Yard Goats, go check out episode 229 and all 229 episodes that are out now on all podcast platforms. Now moving into today, we're going to have another guest on from the minor league baseball world, but it's a guest that has really done a great job of rising through the ranks in the baseball world over the last few years, current Minnesota Twins minor leaguer playing for the St. Paul Saints, Caleb Hamilton. Caleb and I get into his career in college at Oregon State and how he was able to transition from college baseball to the pros, what it's been like for him ascending his way through the farm system for the Twins and now winding up at the AAA level with the St. Paul Saints and so much more. So if you want to hear how Caleb's season is going as well as how this season is going for the Saints, don't go anywhere because Caleb will be here before you know it. So with that, folks, let's make our way into our show for today. So as always, be sure to find your favorite seat here on the bench with me. Sit back relax, and enjoy the show. And I'm here with current St. Paul Saints minor league baseball player in the Minnesota Twins organization, Caleb Hamilton. Caleb, great to get you on the show today, my friend. How's it going? I'm great. I'm great. Wonderful, my friend. Well, hey, listen, thanks so much for joining the show today. I know that you're in the midst of your season, probably very, very busy and whatnot. How has this season been for you and your team? And then also, what's it been like just having a little bit more normalcy this year, especially with the last two years that we've all been having to deal with with COVID? Um, you know, it's been definitely a uh, up and down season for us. Um, we started off pretty hot, um, even though it was uh, close to freezing um in in minnesota so uh we were kind of battling the elements um but you know it's it's been really nice coming back to a uh um a normal season um with with the fans packing out um in st paul so it's been uh it's been a really fun start now how was that when the season started with it being just aggressively cold i mean i'm here in pittsburgh and i can attest that it was really cold this spring how did that kind of affect your personal gameplay and then also just the team as a whole um, I mean, whenever you're playing baseball in freezing cold weather, it's not really fun. Um, you know, I, I, I grew up in Washington, so I, I'm, I'm used to, to 40 degree weather in cold, but when it, when it drops below freezing and it's snowing, um, you can't really feel your hands. So, uh, it, it, it does affect you. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's nice. It's nice coming back to, uh, to some warm weather. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure that uh, warm weather was probably a very warm, welcomed thing by you and everybody else on the team. But I know that you personally have been having a tremendous year hitting-wise from the plate. What's been different for you this year hitting-wise that you feel has allowed you to have that type of improvement in, in your batting? Um, you know what? During during, these, during the, this offseason, I just kind of tried to break break my swing down, make it a little bit more simple, um, really focus on just putting bat to ball. Um I've, I've always taken a lot of pride in, in taking walks and uh, not swinging out strikes outside the strike zone. And so um, just tried to take the approach of, of putting more balls in play. Um, I had a lot of fastball miss last year. So 
Um, I, just trying to, uh, you know, put the ball in play, give myself an opportunity to uh, to get on base, um, to drive in some runs. So that's probably been the biggest change. So would you say that this has been, this past offseason was almost a unique one for you where you really tried to dial in and try and file down that, that swing for you? Yeah, I, I feel like I, you know, as, I, as I've gone through the minor leagues, I kind of have, um, I've kind of developed my own routine and I know like what I need to do um, now, you know, to get myself ready for spring training and for a year. So, um, I, I, I took a little bit different approach this year. I'm, uh, you know, really trying to hit more machine, um, not trying to overswing, just trying to challenge myself, um, as much as I can in the off season to really, uh, get myself ready, ready for the year. Well, you definitely got yourself very ready. I mean, you're hitting, you know, above 300 this year. So far, the best career batting average that you've had for a season in your minor league career. So a really, really great start for you this season. But I want to get into your career and kind of work our way into where we're at today with you with the Saints. You started out playing at Oregon State, and I want to hear what made you want to stay in the Pacific Northwest and go to Oregon State. Yeah, so... um I, uh, I was originally going to walk on to the University of Washington. Um, and then um, I got another opportunity to walk on to Oregon State and play for Pat Casey. Um, and that was always kind of like one of my dream schools. Um, I had a bunch of buddies from high school that I knew that were going there. Um, played against uh, like Michael Conforto in high school. I knew him, so um, I, you know, that's that's the pristine college and on the on the West Coast. And um, I always had my eyes on 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 playing in Corvallis. So that's, I mean, it was it was a dream come true when I was when I was driving down I five to, to head to school. Would you say it was a hard decision for, I know that you had, that had been a big dream of yours to go there, but you know, with you kind of going away from staying locally in Washington, was that, was that a hard decision for you to make? Um, I don't think so. Um, I don't, I, I, I grew up like 45 minutes outside of Seattle and going downtown Seattle was always kind of a, a stressful experience because there's so many people down there. So, um, I, I, I really enjoyed, um, uh, going down to Corvallis and seeing like the, the college town atmosphere um, with everything revolving around Oregon state. Um, so I, 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 I kind of preferred uh, Corvallis over, you know, like a downtown setting. Yeah. I feel like the downtown setting, you kind of run into a lot of distractions. And like you said, just so many people, it's almost overwhelming if you will, but I want to get into the adjustment that you had to go through going from high school baseball to then, you know, power five collegiate baseball, because that is a large jump to make. What were some of the biggest adjustments in just that overall transition for you going from high school to college? Um, I would, I mean, I would say that the, 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 the game definitely speeds up on you. Um, when you go from high school to, to college, I mean, the guys are bigger, guys are throwing harder. Um, so I think it, there's a, there's a big adjustment period when, um, you know, you're, you're a young high school, you know, kid killing it in high school. And then you go and you're not the best player on the field anymore. So, um, I, th- I think you, you kind of have to have a little, little uh, self check at that point and, and understand that there's a growth period. Um, they need to go through because you're, you're not just going to go there and immediately, you know, crush it. You may, but um, it doesn't happen very often. So there's a lot of growing up um, that has to happen, and and um, the coaches over there are, are doing a really good job of that year in and year out. So what was a moment, or or was there a moment where you? 
all of a sudden realized, wow, I'm not playing high school baseball anymore. This is Division One, you know, Pac-12 baseball. Where was that kind of eye-opening moment for you during your first couple weeks, maybe a couple months at Oregon State? Um, I, would, I would say it was the first game. Um, first game we were playing Gonzaga, and uh, I got entered in in like the fourth inning, and um, I was basically shaking. I was, I was so nervous. Um, just because you know, there's the, the 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 lights are bigger. The there's more people in the stands, and um, you know you have you know sixty games, and every game counts. So um, that that was probably, I mean, the the first time I was entered into the game, it was like, okay, well, here we go. We're not in high school anymore. Yeah, probably a big eye-opening experience, but really cool, I'm sure, right? I mean, you walk out and you get to see many more people than you normally do, right? And like you said, the games mean a lot more, right? And you're playing at a higher level as well. You eventually work your way through Oregon State, and then you get drafted into the MLB by the Minnesota Twins. I want to hear what that moment was like for you. What was that like for your family, for friends? And just what was going through your mind when you saw that your name was you know, popping up across the board and you got that call that you would be going with the Twins? Um, it was, it was, it was definitely a, uh, a fantastic day. It was, you know, something that, you know, is kind of cliche, but you know, every, every kid dreams of, of being drafted. So, um, you know, I, I, there was a little bit of, I, I really wasn't expecting to get drafted. Um, I didn't play very much my junior year, so I didn't, I didn't know, really know what was going to happen. Um, but you know, I was, I was super thankful for the opportunity. I was, I was, I, th- I I I think there I might have shed a tear or two, um, if I'm being completely honest. So, um, you know, it's 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 something that uh, it's a very it's a very stressful couple days um, because you know you never know when your phone's going to ring. Um, and I saw you know a couple of my buddies go earlier in the draft, and you know I was just kind of waiting for my time, and and, and it finally came, and it was it was uh, it was it was one of the, one of the best days. So what was that pre-draft process like for you, just going out and getting used to, you know, interacting with scouts, playing in front of scouts, and so on and so forth? I mean, what was kind of that whole build-up process to then eventually the draft? Um, so usually in, the, in like, the the fall um, during college, um, a bunch of scouts would come by. They would always be watching practice or watching scrimmages, and um, we would have little sit-downs, and we would fill out questionnaires and, and everything like that. Um, and you know you you get you get some phone calls sometimes, um, you know during the year, you know random times. So um, there wasn't like a ton of interaction with them, um, but like you always knew that they were there. So I mean, one or two years into into college, you just you don't really notice them anymore. Um, you just kind of focus on playing the game and um, doing doing the best that you can, and then uh, you know the rest will kind of work itself out. Yeah, I definitely feel like it's something where you just kind of, like you said, you just kind of start tuning it out and you become very immune to, you know, seeing scouts around, oh, there's so-and-so from the Padres or whatever, and it just kind of becomes mm-hmm. second nature for you. Now, you've had a lot of just various jumps in terms of the level of play that you're going to, whether it was from high school to college or then college to then the pros. How would you compare those two jumps from high school to college and then from college to the pros? I mean, would you say that those adjustment periods were similar or would you say that they were different? Um, I would say that you know they're 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 a little bit similar, um, but I think like like the, the the more that you know and the more that you mature, like it it makes the transition a little bit easier. Um, 
so I mean, like high, high school to college, like you're nervous and, and it's and it's tough because you know you're you're coming into a power five and and it's like, well, okay, here we go. But then you go from um, college to the pros and it's like you're you're you know you're you're playing with with high school with high yeah, kids fresh out of high school. I mean, you're you're playing with um, fifth year seniors. You're playing with you know juniors that that get drafted high. So I mean, everybody's good at that point. Um, so everybody's the best player from, from high school to college and, and everybody's the best college player from college to pro ball. So, um, you know, you just kind of, <coughs> sorry, um, you just kind of, uh, you know, realize that, you know, everybody's, everybody's good, you know, and, 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 uh, and, and you realize that you belong. Yeah, I think that's a big point right there is is, is the feeling of, of belonging, right? And the kind of the, well, I can definitely compete or I can definitely, you know, fit in in this kind of environment. And I think especially when you go from those just big jumps, it's kind of, you know, shocking. It's it's almost, uh, you know, it's jarring for somebody, you know, when you're having to go from one thing to the next. Do you feel that you were a little bit more prepared for when you went to the minor leagues for kind of that big transition period since you had already gone through it going from high school to college? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, you know, I would be at uh, in, in college. Pat Casey was was really big on on growing yourself as as uh, as not only a baseball player but also as a man. So you kind of uh, um, you you take that into uh, into pro ball. I mean, you, you got to do everything yourself. Um, you got to make sure that you put you you put your own work in. Um, you got to you got to be accountable um, during the year and in the off season. Um, so I, I think that's, that's a really, uh, that was a really great lesson that I learned in college. Yeah, it's incredible to see what you can take away from, you know, those one or two coaches that you've had in the past and just how much of an impact that they can have on somebody's career in the long run, really. Now, getting into your time now in the minor leagues, you're in the AAA system right now, so you're just you're literally knocking at the door of the major leagues. When you've made it to this point, right, when you're in AAA, can you start to tell that things are getting a little bit different? You're kind of you're kind of shedding that skin of a minor leaguer, and you're getting closer and closer to the MLB. I mean, have you noticed just some maybe minor changes or tweaks in just the daily routine as a Triple A player versus being a Double A or Single A guy? I mean, do you see those kind of differences? Yeah, I, I, I definitely do. Um, you know, you 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 really have to take care of your body. Um, I mean, you're you're playing almost every day. It's nice having these Mondays off um, to to recover. But um, yeah, you you just start to relax um, in, in in a good way. Um, you know what? You you just you feel comfortable. Um, you, you you know what you need to do to get yourself ready to to go out and and compete for nine innings. Um, so and that's and I would say that's that's the first time I've I think I've had this feeling um, in my whole career. Um, and it's, and it's, it's, uh, it kind of gives you a boost of confidence, um, because you go to the, you show up to the yard every day and you're like, okay, you know, no matter who's throwing, like, I know that I'm going to put up four quality at bats tonight, um, or, you know, catching, like I, I can catch anybody or playing the infield. So, um, it's, 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 it's a really good, um, confidence booster, um, to just be like, all right, well, it's kind of like the same thing as, you know, feeling like you, you belong, um, because I mean, there's the the age range in this in this level is you know it's wild. So I mean, you we have twenty year olds here, and there's you know thirty six year olds. So um, you know, guys have been around the game a long time, and you kind of start to figure out like um, you know 
you watch them and watch what they do, how they prepare, and and uh, you kind of take bits and pieces from everybody to uh, to figure out you know how to form- formulate your own plan. Yeah, I think that's the the biggest point is, is is just making that plan, like you said, that routine, and just getting into it. And now you kind of start to feel, like you said, a lot more confident. You start to get a lot more in kind of the the groove of being in AAA. Now, throughout the various you know levels of minor league, where do you feel that your game kind of took off the most, and you saw the biggest improvement in your skill? That's a, that's a really good question. Um, I've had I've had a couple like up and down years, um, you know. I, I would I would honestly say it's it's this year, um, just kind of like maturing and and uh, understanding like really understanding my swing um, and the mechanics of the swing and you know being on time. Um, and I would say that that's that's probably the biggest focus this year. Well, I think it's great that you've been able to kind of put it all together, especially when, again, you're just right there on the on the, the heels of the MLB, if you will. Now, as a catcher, I'm sure catching guys in AAA is a very, very different thing as well. What are some things that you've had to kind of get adjusted to uh, in terms of just back behind the plate and getting used to new guys and different guys, and, and not to mention guys that are probably throwing a lot harder and guys that are having their breaking balls break a lot more than, than normal? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, there's probably half our staff I've caught for a few years, um, you know, just coming up through through high A, double A and, um, and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, there, and then the other half is um, guys have, that have been in the big leagues that have had a couple of years in the big leagues. So um, I think there's a there's an adjustment period for me on, you know, understanding like what they want to do and how they want to attack pitchers. Um, you know, the, the movement, you know, it's always going to be there. So I, I, like as, as a catcher, we can always adjust to, you know, nasty movement or, you know, high velo. Um, but I think it's really understanding, like having a personal relationship with those pitchers on, okay, well, what do you want to do here? Um, you know, how are, what, what are the pitcher strengths? Um, because most of the times we're going to go to the pitcher strength over the hitter strength. So um, it's, it's, I think it's really important to really understand um, their process and what they want to do throughout the game. I really don't think people realize how much the relationship between a pitcher and a catcher matters. And like you said, I mean, that is just, that's, that's the cohesion, that's the connectedness. And I'm sure you've probably felt it a lot of times in games where if you're not on the same page as your pitcher, it's a problem, right? I mean, it's a that's a very, very big problem. When that does happen, how do you kind of, I mean, you kind of have to play almost like therapist, if you will, out on the ball field. If a guy's, you know, walked the last two guys, he's given up a hit before that, runs are coming across left and right. How do you reel in a pitcher and say, hey, let's get this guy and let's just focus at this at bat? I think it's a, it's, it can be as simple as going and taking a mound visit, um, you know, and just like I, I like to go up and try to make the pitcher laugh um, to get him relaxed or something like that. So um, you, you kind of have to play a cat and mouse game, um, you know, whether it's, um, you know, throwing their secondary or, or, or third pitch out there to get them back to get them back in the strike zone. Um, so, you know, you, you, you're just trying to you're just trying to. You know, do anything you can, um, whether it's sitting in the middle of the plate and just letting the letting the, the pitcher throw right to your mask. Um, so it's it's uh, it's one of those things where you know nobody really has 
like a perfect answer to it. You just kind of got to, you know, make it up on the fly, um, you know, and do everything that you can to, uh, to make sure that, you know, the pitcher understands that, you know, you, you have your back back there. Yeah. I think that's a big point right there. It's making sure that the pitcher is comfortable and he knows that, you know, you're going to support him and that you're going to, you know, help him out in any way, shape, or form. But I want to get into some fun questions here because I know with you being in the minor leagues, minor leagues are a blast. And I've been having a lot of people on in the minor leagues lately. And I just love the fun, promotional, just in-game entertainment, all of the added stuff in the minor league game. So what has been your favorite promotional night that you've been a part of in the minors? I mean, has there been a promotional night that really kind of stands out to you that you said, I liked it. That was pretty creative. Uh, we had a we had a Jimmy Buffett night a couple of years ago, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and we we had like Jimmy Buffett jerseys. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I thought one of the weird ones was a was a Paw Patrol jersey. Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. It just had a huge, huge Paw Patrol dog on the back. How many jerseys do you think that you've been given in your minor league career with all the different promotional nights? Mm, I'd say probably 40 or 50. Wow. Now, do you get to keep those? No. So they always auction them off after the game. Interesting. Wow. Because I was going to say that'd be such a cool little man cave to make. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. we. uh, So we'll wear the jersey and then... Um, like sometimes we'll just take off the jersey from that night, sign it, and then we'll give it to the people, but it's all sweaty. Ooh. Do they don't even yeah. wash it? <laughs> I mean, they didn't a few years ago. Oh man, gosh. I <laughs> did you ever think that your sweat would be that valuable? Yeah, uh, no, I never never thought it it would. Oof, yeah, that is especially coming out of COVID, you'd think that, you know, there'd be a little bit more cleanliness with that, but hey, you know, I'm, yeah, I know, right? I'm I'm not in charge of that for a good reason. Um, but now when you're on the road, is there a favorite ballpark that you like to go to or what's been a favorite ballpark or a really cool bar, ballpark that you've played at in your minor league career that kind of stands out? Mm, I would say um, one of them, de- oh, the, the top one is definitely, um, Columbus, Columbus. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Columbus, Ohio. That's my favorite place to play ever. Why is that? I, I don't know. I love the way that it looks. Um, it's, it's like a, it's like a huge bowl. There's a huge, um, there's a huge wall in right field. I love the atmosphere. Um, and I love hitting there. That's, that's my favorite. That's my favorite place by far. Well, uh, Hey, if it's a ballpark you like hitting in, then I can definitely agree with you on that one. That's, that's always a good ballpark to, to enjoy. Now, out of all the fan bases you've probably played in front of, what is a fan base that stands out that you say these people love their minor league baseball? Like it's almost like, I don't want to say like, it's a little overboard, but like, it's kind of like, all right, let's relax here a little bit. But I mean, where have you gone where you've just been so taken back by the strong fan base by that team? Um, I would would say honestly here in St. Paul, they get, they get, we, we had a series um, last week or two weeks ago, that was, uh, that was insane. I mean, that, that, like, we all came back into the, into the locker room and we're like, that was the most fun atmosphere we've played in a long time. 
Now that's got to be a blast. I mean, what was it like playing in that game and, and just in that series? Um, it was it was awesome. I mean, every, every night it was packed out. Um, you know, they were so the like, the fans were so loud, um, and we had like a we had a comeback win on Friday night or Saturday night, and um, you know that that place was rocking from from pitch one until we walked it off. So, um, I mean, it's 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 so much fun playing in that atmosphere um, because it, it it you know it, it kind of takes me back to to playing in college. So. Um, you know, and, and, and the more the fans are into it, the louder that they get, uh, um, it, it makes that moment even bigger and, and more fun and more memorable. Now, would you say that college fan bases and minor league fan bases are semi similar, maybe in some situations? Uh, yeah, I would say, I would say some places. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's almost kind of like just this strong, strong following that's only kind of unique to that certain area or that certain region. But all I know is that I am like itching to go to now a minor league game. I haven't been to a minor league game in a really long time. Uh, but talking to you now is just like, wow, I need to go to a minor league game. I'm here in Pittsburgh. So we've got the Altoona curve. That's about two hours away. Then we've got the Erie Seawolves. They're like three hours away. And then the Washington wild things are an independent league team. They're like an hour away. So we've got some at our disposal, but not many, but I am very revved up now to go to it, to a, to a minor league game for sure. But Caleb, you've been great to get on the show today, my friend. Before I let you go, one last question. And I always leave my guests with this question. When did you kind of realize and and almost have this epiphany, if you will, as to when you knew that you could play professional baseball? So for you, when did that kind of click and you said, you know what, I can take this, you know, career and I can really go professionally with it? Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was was at somewhat of a young age. Um, I knew knew that I wanted to, to play some sort of professional ball, whether it was baseball or football or, you know, something like that. So um, I always kind of, kind of had my eyes set on it. Um, and I think, I think in, in like early high school, I was like, okay, yeah, this is, this is what I want to do. I want to, I want to do everything in my power, put in all the work to, uh, to make this a reality. Well, my friend, you have definitely done that and you are, that much closer to becoming a full-blown MLB baseball player, and I wish you nothing but luck moving forward. Good luck the rest of this season. Keep hitting the ball well like you are right now. Stay healthy, stay well. Would love to get you back on the show down the road, and uh, yeah, let's chat soon. All right. Thanks, Jack. I appreciate it. And there he goes, Caleb Hamilton, another fantastic episode today, everyone. Thanks for joining me here on the bench. Be sure to keep following and subscribing to Ride in the Pine on Apple and Spotify, and keep following on Twitter at RideThePine20, RTP all capital, Instagram at Riding underscore the underscore pine underscore, and on TikTok at Riding the Pine, all lowercase. For all of the latest updates on episodes and content to come, all 230 episodes are out now. Keep leaving those ratings and reviews. And again, folks, make sure you're checking out all of the previous NBA Wednesday editions because now we've got MLB Mondays coming out and the MLB Monday episode is out now. So make sure you're checking that out as well. Great episode with Tyler Smith. He's going to be coming on as well as other people that will kind of be a revolving door of content contributors, if you will, that will come on and join me every now and again for MLB Mondays. But once again, everyone, Thanks so much for tuning in today, and until next time on Riding the Pine, keep on sitting the bench with me.